Welcome to another episode of Left Unsaid. I'm your host, Carl Dezier, and this is a exciting conversation for me. I have a wonderful guest who is going to really help us understand what's happening outside of the U.S. So we can start to relate and connect to everyone, especially folks in Europe, what is happening, similarities, nuances of what's going on. But I'm gonna let I'm gonna let her talk about it. I, I she'll do a much better job explaining it. But today we have Vivian. Vivian, why don't you just introduce yourself to the listeners, and we can get into this conversation that I'm so so excited for. Thank you, Carl, for the introduction and also for having me here. So my name is Vivian Aqua. I'm also known as the inclusive workplace wellness advocate. And to keep things simple, my last name does mean water. And at the moment right now, I am being hired to put out fires that are related to diversity, equity, and inclusion, where my unique selling point or my magic is, is laying is providing people tips, but also organizations tips to prevent these fires from happening. Because a lot of these fires can, are preventable when we activate ourselves and when we connect with people on a human level, instead of treating them as the others or they or them. And I am doing this because of my son who is right now just turned eight. Oh, I also have an eight year old. Aren't, mm, aren't challenging. they just wonderful? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just He's so at nice. school right now. So yes, yeah. wonderful We're indeed. Wonderful when they're at school. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me, let me get rid of the, get rid of that, that, that space. Okay. Well, thank you, Vivian, for being here and bringing your perspective. As you know, we do the red, yellow, green check-in, all right? Um, for those who are listening for the first time, it's a way to kind of, for us to understand how you're coming into this conversation. Mm -hmm. We're not here to change your colors. We're not here to change your mood. We're just understanding so that we can all be on the same page. So red, yellow, green are the representations of where you are right now. Red being distracted right but maybe not as distracted because your your son's not not here it's in school mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. red is distracted but you're here green is 100 percent ready to go 150 percent ready to go yellow somewhere in between you can mix match you can add shapes you can do however you are coming in and i know folks can't see us right now but you're already very colorful i love the colors <laughs> you got out. thank so you I'm, I'm really curious how you're coming in today given I am going to go for an ombre, so mix and match a few colors. Orange, I know you didn't mention that, but I'm, I am a little bit orange and a little bit red. Why? Okay. Orange is, I am excited about this conversation, so it, it was before red, but it turned orange based to our introduction and also the being excited to be here. But red is, I am in the midst right now in launching my summit. But also, given the topic that we are about to speak uh, about is I've been recently gaslighted and that is also causing me to be red. And yeah, we've all, I'm, I'm, I'd am I'm want to say sorry, but we've all been there in that place mm -hmm. of, of being gaslit by somebody at some point in time. So I know that's not a good thing, but thank you mm -hmm. for being here. You know, I know it's probably you know, yeah. having a summit is... Whew, Building that is, is no... It's like oh I'm, no. I'm pregnant with 10 oh kids no. at the moment. <laughs> oh, man. 
That's that's a lot. That's a lot of kids. But yes, I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. But thank mm-hmm. you for being here and having this this conversation with us. So first off, like tell us a little bit about you, you who you are, your journey to that brought you to this place where you are putting out fire all the time. I started my career in finance as a consultant and eventually turned into, you know, being a bridge builder between finance and IT. So I crossed over the IT side. But in 2013, something very amazing happened to me. I got pregnant. Unfortunately, that wasn't well received. So when I was about five weeks pregnant, instead of sharing that with my family and friends, I decided to share that with my then managers working at a very small company. And um, let's say that the news wasn't well received because I was the first of the first, I was the first black woman, the first woman who was being pregnant. And the moment that I made that announcement, hoping that they would understand that I'm having morning sickness, hoping that this journey is new for me. Instead, I dealt with bullying. I dealt with the maternal wall bias and it ended up me leaving at six months, being six months pregnant because my my midwife told me like, I don't know what you're doing, but what whatever is causing you to... Um, make your hypertension work. So I had a a high blood pressure at the time. It's not only impacting you, but it can also impact your son. And then it hit me, right? Why am I putting my work first? So luckily, nothing happened to my child and nothing happened to myself, but it was a, a really eye-opening event. And when my, by the time that my son was about three months, I had an epiphany or a vision or whatever you call it and realized that by the time that my son turns into an adult, right, and he comes to us or to me or his dad, mom... I cannot find my voice. Nobody wants to listen to me. Nobody understands me. Nobody values me. What will I tell him? And if I'm telling him that, flip the switch. Why am I keeping myself in a place where I'm not being valued, not being seen? So I left. I left to become a workplace wellness advocate. Um, The reason why is in the work that I do, I work a lot with change management. But working in IT and finance, mm, it it isn't that sexy anymore as it was. So, but I do like, you know, engaging people in a way that they take better care of themselves. And that's how I ended up in workplace wellness. I literally use workplace wellness as a Trojan horse to raise awareness about diversity, equity, and inclusion, because it, one doesn't go without the other. Yeah, I think first off, wait, I got to make that sort of decision to leave six months pregnant because of a toxic work environment takes so much strength Mm -hmm. and grounding so just want to acknowledge that tough tough decision but it was the right one for you so you had to make it that's it's amazing and also know that a lot of women up till this day are still dealing with bs being pregnant and the only thing that we are is we were pregnant why are we being penalized for that right yeah i i I don't have a lot of answers hmm. to that. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I mean, it, it happens, hmm. you know, on every level, whether you're in this corporate C-suite mm-hmm. or you're working a nine to five. Yeah. And yeah, it's got to change. Yeah. It's got to change. The workplace wellness, I love how you say you use it as a Trojan horse to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so curious about how how you do that and what that what that means to you like and how the two are connected because they're they're definitely 
connected. Mm -hmm. I mean, being a consultant, I've learned to do an audit uh, in my mind, of course, being in different kitchens, you learn to see, okay, this is working, this is not working. You can see different relationships not being established because somebody feels excluded. And also the fact that I'm a black woman and I'm very open, very outgoing, and people seem to come to me or confide with me for this is happening. And when I notice, you know, some of the the trends that were happening in different organizations, I realized that there was an opportunity for me to to be a bridge builder in that way. And that's what I'm doing, basically. So if I'm being hired for the, the DEI work, I try to, you know, share my wisdom about the workplace wellness, about mental well-being and how it affects. And on the other side, if I'm being hired for workplace wellness, I try to invite the conversations about diversity, equity and inclusion, because, again, they are both part of, I see them as um, uh, maybe a wrong example, but I, it's like a yin and yang. One doesn't go without the other. Yeah, as you were talking, I was just nodding my head saying, yes, like you can't silo these things. It can't be like, mm-hmm. oh, we're only going to focus on one of these and ignore the other. Yeah. Because there's, I mean, if if you're not, if you don't have, you know, DEI and great policies and procedures, the mental, you know, the workplace wellness mm. is not going to be there. No, and, no. And if you just have workplace wellness, but don't think about everyone in the company and what that means to each individual, not each individual person, all the different communities. Yeah. You, you don't have either. So I think it, it's so, so important for people to realize that nothing, nothing is siloed mm-hmm. with this. Like I even think about like at my, in my job, we're now talking about, um, uh, sustainability and how that's connected to diversity, equity, and inclu- inclusion, right? Yeah. And climate change and how that's connected. Mm-hmm. And none of this stuff is yeah. siloed. So, and yeah. so I'm, I'm curious because again, what you're talking about obviously resonates with me. And we're sitting in two different continents, in two different countries, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And yes. you be we could just insert things and it would be pretty much the same. So I'm curious in in your work. Mm-hmm. How and what have you been seeing that is maybe unique to where you are? Well, let me let me bring you up to speed to where we are, because in the Netherlands, uh, I'm, and I'm talking to d- about two different companies. So there are companies with Dutch founders who have a Dutch mindset, but there are also companies who are international that where the head, um, where the director, it may be Dutch, but still has an international mindset. So for the companies that have the latter, they are doing the necessary work also because of the mother companies, right? They want the mother company most of the time is in the US or in the in somewhere else where they are sharing like we are a global company and we need to do something about that. But whereas the Dutch, and I will be bringing a whole other gate, um, we have Black Pete. So that's black facing for a very long time. And since... Since what happened to George Floyd last year, a lot of companies are trying to distance themselves. So that's one thing. The other thing is the role that the Dutch people played in the in history of slavery is being ignored, denied, or not seen as relevant for what's happening right now. I need to bring you back to the past so that you understand where we are at. I shared before that the Netherlands, we are, I love the country where I'm living in. We are progressive. We have the Dutch tulips. We have the red light district. We have the weed. 
But there's another side that you don't hear. You don't hear enough of the voice of the people who are underrepresented who are saying that what happened to George Floyd is happening here as well. Maybe not on a large scale, but it's happening here as well. And Europe is progressive when you compare it to the, to, the, uh, to the U.S. But then again, we are in a stage where we are still talking about what is diversity? What is equity? What is inclusion? Why does it matter? Where you in the U.S. are more having more the conversations about race, right? You are more outspoken. Where here, I call it the ostrich activism, ostrich politics, where people keep their head in the sands. And it has different reasons. Fear, fear of opening Pandora's box, fear of losing something, or fear of not knowing what to say or what to do. So there are so many levels of fear that it's sometimes challenging for me to unravel that, especially when a company is activated in their ostrich politics. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I love the analogy of the ostrich mm-hmm. politics. It's it's so good. And I think it still applies mm-hmm. here in the US yeah. as well. Because when you talk about the fear of, you know, doing something wrong, doing this, not like, yeah, we talk about race a lot, but it's, it's not everybody. Mm-hmm. True. Right? And it can be very kind of like, oh, checkbox. Like, oh look, we had we brought in someone, we did a workshop. Yeah. We're good. But when folks go home, when folks are in the closed door rooms. They're still not talking about it. I can't tell you how many, you know, folks I see that are just just scared to say anything. True. True. So what they do is they put uh, a black square on Instagram. Companies change their logo, you know, to to the rainbow flag, you know, while still behind the scenes doing some really messed up stuff. True. But there is something to that. And I'm not going to advocate for those who are misbehaving or using, you know, these performative actions. But sometimes the other side, the other party, we don't show patience. We don't understand that, yes, we are maybe victimized or yes we have been on the receiving end but you also have to give the other party the chance to get up to your level to understand where you are coming from to understand give them the space to understand to unravel what we have been going through and sometimes I do feel like that understanding is missing where the cancel out has been will be activated immediately yeah and you know I I couldn't agree with you more Mm -hmm. and also see the side like you know it's sometimes it's just too much right because it's it's we those who have been marginalized and pushed down have been doing and been there for so long it's like you just can't take it i know i know and i I love it because well i don't love that but what i love is that you have both of those and i 100 percent believe you need the folks who have the patience and you the folks yeah. who are pushing. We both have some unlearning right. to do on that end. We, yeah. Everybody has unlearning to do, right? And it's that's so that's we're gonna get into that. that's that's the real work. That's the hard work that you see people don't usually want to do is say, I need to unlearn so much about the way I've moved through society. Mm-hmm, true. And sometimes it's too much because you're right. It's like you, I have to give up something, right? I've often asked people like, what are you willing to sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to take some sacrifice if you true. really believe in this 
um, in this uh, in this work of you know let's add justice in there too, but justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. You're gonna have to give up something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're gonna be you know totally destitute, but you're gonna have to sacrifice True. something. I agree with you. And that's the hard part. Yeah. Because people don't want to look in themselves, and that that goes for everybody. Because we're all have grown up in these systems and these societies, right? And that's the hard work. But I love the ostrich politics. So I'm curious because you, you know, you said that you know you're coming in a little red because you you've been gaslit mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. I don't know. Are, are you are you up for talking? Yes, a yes, bit yes, about definitely. That? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Then, please, like, I'd love to just explore that and, and share what's been going on. Yeah. So I think two months ago, I was watching television and I noticed an ad. It's an ad about um, selling. So sorry. Two months ago, we're also recording this in September of 2021. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this in the I saw this in the summer of 2020 2021 where I I noticed an ad and it was all about Mexican empanadas. I've been told that there are no Mexican empanadas, but that's a whole nother thing. And there were Dutch people who, in my opinion, they looked like they were part of a gang sitting in a car with their low rider up and down, and they are not talking Spanish. They are talking only Dutch. And there is a woman, you know, woman calling outside, boys, guys, come in to eat. So then there's another, you know, bias coming by. And the way that they they are dressed, it's ridiculing the brown face people. It's ridiculing the people from the Latin, uh, Latin descent. And I said something about that here in the Netherlands. So um, there is a Facebook group where I thought I was safe to share things and know that a person who is a huge LGBTQ advocate, which I respected a while ago, not now anymore, decided to be a, a racial expert as a white person. So here I am thinking that we are both fighting for uh, preventing exclusion But then again, your exclusion matters more than my exclusion. And also there is an invisible part of race, right? Sometimes you don't see it, but we feel that you're stepping on our toes. And if we say that you're stepping on our toes, believe us. Don't go into that debate discussion thing because I hate it. And with me, the way I I travel on social media... I'll share facts. I'll share things. I will never, ever lower myself to your standards and initiate a debate or a discussion. Because if you feel like you cannot have a one-on-one conversation with me, I'm done. I'm done. I will never lower myself online because you never know how it might end up, how my words are being twisted. And unfortunately, this person decided to um, he's a well-known person in the Netherlands, um, in the ad industry also, which, which where I find it very dangerous to have this person in this position. And I'm not challenging his position. I'm not challenging his thoughts. But what I am challenging is the way that he chose to out me without saying my name and leaving breadcrumbs to a group where people could find out who I was. So I was horrified 
not only because it was about me, I can handle him or I can handle that person, but this person also doesn't realize that if my family or friends find out about what this person has done, not responsible for what they are going to do, and that's it. And this is not a threat for me. Again, I'm not responsible how people are acting, but you should be careful with what you share about it, what other people, because you never know uh, what kind of family or friends or associates who feel like they need to talk with their hands or with other things, right? So, and that's what I'm feeling. I'm a caring person. I'm too empathic. And I feel, I feel sad about what, might happen to this person and I'm even getting emotional about it because I was just sharing a post about I find this ad very disturbing to see that and my son I don't know if he's going to end up in the ad agency but he loves watching certain ads and to for him to see this yeah it's painful well, I, hope he, I hope he does end up in an ad industry and helps change this <sighs> because because I I, I watched I the hope ad so and, too. and we'll for folks who want to know we'll We'll link it in the in the show notes, um, and mm-hmm. you know, first off, the the gaslighting is so real, and it's it's a shame that people have to resort to that sort of thing to make themselves feel bigger and better. I just I really hope for for everyone's sake that we can uh, we can learn from this, mm-hmm. um, and just talk to each other like people. Mm-hmm. Because everyone, you're right. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Yeah. And this is not, as I think you know, I've heard here. This is not the, the uh, the uh, what is it? What is it called? Like the suffering Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know that we had here. Like which which community has suffered more? It's like exactly. we're all suffering. So how do we work together to end mm-hmm. that suffering? Yeah. You know, and the the um, the intersectionality between the communities is so great and so so powerful. The more we, the more we split ourselves, the less chance there is to actually exactly, and that's also one of the reasons why last year, I created something that is making me, you know, again bungee jump out of my comfort zone. But I created something to unite us to understand that we have there is more power in unity than divide and conquer. So, yeah. It's sad to 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 come to this place, but then again, I feel like with what I'm doing, it's giving me a distraction to to the gaslighting as well. Okay, well, what what is this? What did you create? So um, remember that I have a son, still have a son, right. and um, yes. at the time when George Floyd was uh, was being shown in the Netherlands, there was no trigger warning, and it was being shown as it was a movie sensational movie over and over again so imagine um my partner is white he's dutch imagine us sitting and watching the news and then all of a sudden i was too slow for the remote control so my son saw that and the questions that he had on his face can't even imagine it's hurtful so he went first to his dad his dad talked about it and then i realized that i know I knew that the double parenting thing would be activated somewhere, somehow, some someday, but I wasn't prepared for it to be activated now. So imagine telling a six-year-old what racism is, right? Imagine telling him that, 
you know, somebody you tr- you should trust, a policeman, is doing something hurtful to kill a person. So I made it very simple because I don't want him to worry about me. But I told him George Floyd died because of the color of his skin. And then he asked me, kids have these moments where they ask Yoda-like or grown-up question-like questions. So he asked me, is anybody going to hurt you, mom? Well, the floor. I mean, I everything. I Ooh. fell through the cracks. I did a whole, a whole bungee jumping thing. And that happened within one second, right? Where you have to guarantee your, your safety, your well-being to a six-year-old, knowing that you cannot guarantee that. So that question... It created a phoenix. It created the mom lioness woke up and said, not on my watch. Not today, not now, not on my watch. I know that this problem is not only in the Netherlands. I I am a person who collects a lot of tools. So instead of collecting Gucci and Prada, I have my systems in place and I collect tools. So I had a tool sitting on the shelf with creating an online summit. And I thought, I'm going to do this. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I'm going to do this because I need to do something. I need to activate myself, but also after hearing what Alexis Ohanian did. So for those who don't know him, he is the ex-co-founder of Reddit, but also the partner of Serena Williams. And he stepped down from Reddit only so that he was able to answer his daughter when she was asking, what did you do that? This is what I did. And I knew that that question, it activated in me. So unfortunately, I don't have their funds, but (laughs) I do have a network and I do know a lot of people. And that's where I started asking people, I want to do this. Will you join? And in the beginning, I thought 30 people will sign up. I ended up with 69 (laughs) international people. And uh, this year, it's even crazier. I have 90 plus people nice. speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking. Wow. Well, I think for you to take and uh, you know, it's funny like sometimes I have to say like, "Oh, I can't even imagine." But no, I can imagine what it's like mm-hmm. to have your 6-year-old yeah. ask you and those questions mm-hmm. because like I said we have we have kids around the same yeah. age. And it was no less devastating mm. and hard to have to kind of just squash their childhood innocence yeah. because of a trauma like that. Yeah. But being able to take it and turn it into a platform mm-hmm. where you could help people realize what's going on, right? And not just in the Netherlands, yeah. but internationally, yeah. you know, is beyond commendable. And I know that you know, you're having the, the summit again in 2021, September, with 90 speakers. So what is it going to be? 200 speakers in 2021? No, 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 no. Because this <laughs> level of craziness, I I am already feeling the pain. Um, it's Know that this is a one-woman pro- production. I do have a small team, but the majority is a one-woman production and I want some sanity back. So next year I will right. lower the amount down, but also realize that um, 
I want to create a ripple effect because I know that there are people like you and I who believe in this, who believe that they can do something, but people don't realize that they themselves have the power. They don't have to wait for in HR. They don't have to wait upon a, getting a green light from their manager. So that's what I'm doing. Basically, I, with Amplify DEI, I'm, I'm challenging people to commit to a micro-action micro-action to move the needle forward because the way that things were going last year and also this year, it seems like we are tangoing back too fast instead of moving forward. And I want us all to move forward. So if that means that you have to diversify your network to, uh, to amplify DEI, do that. If that means that you have to learn what it means, you know, what it means to to become more conscious of your unconscious bias, do that. I am inviting everybody for wherever they are at in their journey. So if you're starting somewhere half in the middle or somewhere at the end, I am inviting you to hear all these personal stories about why people care about this topic. So this summit, there is a lot of personal heart where I'm challenging all the speakers to bring their whole selves and to share why they are speaking up about this topic, because every one of them has a, unfortunately, reason of exclusion, which they are sharing with other people. I love it. Where, just because I, I want people to know about it, where can they, I know you mentioned the name quickly, could you mention it again where they can find more information? about the summit yeah so it's amplifydei.com i am on twitter i am on linkedin or find me up on linkedin as well and that's where i'll be sharing a lot of the summit but also know that i do have a call for speakers out there and i'm hoping to have calls some there somewhere on the summit next year but i do have a call for speakers for next year already, already. open because it's it's important to keep on creating, making that ripple wave even bigger, ripple effect even bigger and bigger and bigger until people understand what the principles are of Amplify DEI because it's about you. You creating something where you are bungee jumping within your comfort zone, not the way that I am doing right now, but, you know, tangoing within your comfort zone where you diversify your network, or take upon a challenge to create inclusive environments. I gotta ask, have you ever bungee jumped before? Because you like that metaphor. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I've been on the stratosphere and even thinking about it, I've been in the in uh, the car ride on top and I'm just like, ugh. But in my mind, as an introvert, I am normally an introvert. When I show up, I'm an extra of an MB, but this is pushing me to the next limit. Yeah, and that's, I think, I think it's always great. I think, again, we talked about it earlier, the stepping out of that comfort zone, doing something you're not, you're like, what are you, what are you to sacrifice from people? But also for a lot of people, it's like, what are you willing to push through? Right, because mm -hmm. I love what you said about the micro actions, right? I, in, yeah. in one of my last jobs, like one of the things I always said was like, we need small actions with big impact, right? And I would, I would love for us to start thinking about like, how do we turn these microaggressions into micro actions? Mm. Because if we always try to boil, you know, solving racism, sexism, every, any any of the isms, mm -hmm. you're gonna look at it and be like, no, 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 I can't do all of that. No, true, but true. What, it's it's, it's like, a lot. It's a lot, and that's why, that's why I 
entertain people with talking about food. And I mentioned, I, I noticed that I haven't spoken about my carrot yeah. cake. I haven't spoken about yeah. my the macaron. So the way yeah. that I connect with people is talking about food so that the next time that they are walking in the supermarket, they think about me. They think about mm. what they can do with, with you know, with, uh, with intersectionality or with biases or with whatever challenge they, they want to uh, take away and that's how I connect with people we need to make things more consumable because sometimes the content is very heavy loaded or the topic is very heavy loaded and how are you going to inspire people to take action or to do something if you are boring or making the topic too heavy where instead of for them to embrace it they run away yeah it's like it's like advertising it's like know your audience yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, what research are you doing and how much do you understand the people mm-hmm. you want to talk to so that you can actually break through that wall Yeah. and get to them? And it might take a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is why what we said before is like having people who have patience and having people who are kicking down the door and having like all of that's needed because everybody needs a different approach. So if you don't understand, oh, yeah, you need a different approach. No, I don't need a different, but I do, I, there is a question that I'm curious about because we started talking about that ad that, you know, that Epic Phil ad. Would this ad been aired in the U.S.? Ooh, um, that is a great question. The answer is, okay, let me put it this way. I would hope the answer would be no, mm-hmm. but I, but we've seen ads like this that are very stereotypical to the point of being racist that come up all the time. So maybe this ad in particular, mm-hmm. because it's so over. Mm-hmm. Might well, not it's not over here. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Here <laughs> it would be, right? In the Netherlands, it isn't. <laughs> here, here in the States, it would be. But there are so many other ads that have sparked the same reaction you had to this here in the States. So it's like, it's not this like exact ad. But there are so many examples like this that maybe, you know, again, is, is they're, they're a little more subdued or subtle, but mm-hmm. they still have that same impact. And then there are some that are just straight up. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think well, this would have gotten through, but ads very similar to this with the same impact have, I mean, there's probably one being produced right now that we don't know about yet. I hope not. Well... But. Well, I hope that the people who are listening to this that are taking notes because um, I've been told that I'm too sensitive, that I'm too this, too that. And this is not about me. I mean, there are no black people in that in that in that ad, but still I care because it's touching upon people of color, it's touching upon people. And I understand the exclusion. I understand the pain of exclusion. And that's what I see when I see that ad. And, you know. You're absolutely right, because there's so many things, and I, I just, we look at, like, I paused the ad, and I looked at it again, I'm like, this, this is how, this is how, an example of how American media portrays mm. certain communities. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I look yeah. at this, and I can think of movies, TV shows. Exactly. Like, so this, like, so when I say, like, you know, would this be, would this ad be played, but, you know, I say, maybe not this ad, but then I started thinking like but i've seen the same representation 
mm-hmm. across different media forms time and time again. So I'm going to retract that and say this is already playing in yeah. the States because of that. But yeah, I, I mean, we have a long, long way to go. Uh, I have patience. As long as people are willing to conduct constructive conversations, I'm willing to be there, stand next to them and, you know, share my lens while they are looking in the mirror. I'll be next standing next to them and share my perspective as well, because we need both perspectives to understand where people are coming from and also activate our active listening, because sometimes Mm. we don't listen. We don't listen at all. Tell me, I mean... I love the active listening. I love having the patience. You know, I know it's not for everyone and I don't mm-hmm. I don't hold that against anyone who has a different approach. Yeah. I think again it's all yeah. needed in the, in this in this uh fight that we're all fighting. Um yeah. I have I know, you know, you, you got you got ten kids on the way, you got your summit coming <laughs> up. So I don't I don't I, we could keep talking for I don't want to keep I'm really curious about like your approach with with food and how you use that to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll mm-hmm. have it for for a different conversation, or maybe you can give a little example of how you do oh, it. Oh, I can be I can be short and sweet about it. Okay. So uh, a favorite topic of mine is is carrot cake, right? Mm-hmm. And the way that I explain diversity, equity, inclusion is by sharing how to make the best carrot cake for the company or for your client. So the carrot cake has different ingredients right that's the part of diversity where you bring in all these different ingredients but having all those ingredients won't create that carrot cake you need to provide tools that's where the equity part comes in where people have a hand mixer or some people have a electric mixer or some people have just a cake tin so that you can put the carrot cake in but having a cake tin or having the equity part having the diverse ingredients won't get you your cake, right? You need your kitchen. Better yet, you need the oven. Better yet, you need the oven with the right temperature. And that's where a lot of mess is being created because you can bring in your diverse ingredients. You can bring in maybe some of the tools, but where things go wrong is the inclusion part where the oven temperature is not set right. The oven temperature is too high where the outside, the carrot cake might be looking well, but when you cut it open, mm, it's not eatable, right? And when you put the oven temperature too low, you notice that even when stepping inside of the company, you'll notice that, ooh, I'll turn around because this is not the company for me. And that's what people, talents are sensing right now when they are asking certain questions about what are your diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, and you don't have any, well... I'll go to the next one. Yeah, yeah, that's and the, and then those questions are going to be coming up not just from employees but from clients, yeah. potential clients, investors, investors stakeholders, stake, yep, all yeah. those things. Yeah, all those yeah. things. So I love it. I love yeah. that. I love the using the food because you're right. It's like if I don't have sugar in my cake, it's not a cake anymore. So if I'm missing exactly. one ingredient, like we were talking before, if I just focus on wellness, right, and not DEI, I don't have a mm-hmm. full delicious carrot cake. Exactly. Also, I also tell people I'm not responsible for you crushing or craving a carrot cake or whatever food you're craving. I am not responsible for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you should, like, yes, 
Yes, it can it takes more than one person being responsible for this to to create an amazing carrot cake. Um, exactly. So I want to again be mindful of your time. I want to make sure that you know you had a chance to say everything you need to say and leave everything out on the table and make sure nothing gets left mm-hmm. unsaid. So as you as you know as a avid listener of the podcast, we mm-hmm, give all the guests mm-hmm. about yeah. sixty seconds. Some go take more, yeah. some take less to say kind of that leave that final thought for our, our listeners. I'll be to the point. And I want to challenge everybody to not treat their initiatives when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion as a one-night stand. It's about a tango. It's about the salsa. It's about the dance that you want to dance with your colleagues or co-workers or your clients or your stakeholders. So challenge yourself to take one action towards inclusion. So if that means diversifying your network, look on LinkedIn, see who's missing, see who's missing in your network and be authentic about that connection. That's it. I love it. What are you going to do today to push that forward? Mm. That's that's a great, great challenge, a great piece to leave everyone with. Vivian, I thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Carl. For bringing your perspective, yeah. your wisdom, your insight. Remember, tell everyone where they can go for the, the summit again? Yeah, it is AmplifyDEI.com. And know that when you invest in a ticket, um, you'll get 12 months access to at least 120 mini training, all about 20 minutes, where it's all about taking action. Well, I'm definitely going to go sign up. Mm-hmm. Because I want and I'm curious, I want to hear and I'm curious about, you know, people from around the world and what their experience mm, I haven't told you because US, Asia, New Zealand, Australia, Europe, South Africa, uh, Middle East, Canada, Barbados, Curaçao, Argentina. Okay. All speakers from all those countries. Yes. And I made it happen. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, listen, we've only been talking for like 40 some minutes and I I know you've made it happen. Mm-hmm. Like you go out there and make yep. it happen. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to the listeners, to the podcast team for making this happen and allowing us this platform to just discuss. I am grateful. I'm grateful for having this conversation and I look forward to future conversations as well. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure there will be many. Thank you, and we'll uh, see everybody next time.